welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Kissed Earth, Rachel Finch. Rachel Finch grew up in Townsville as an athlete, with little to no interest in beauty until she was about 15. It was at this age that she was encouraged to enter a modelling competition, which she won, and subsequently spent the next four years travelling for her career, first to Brisbane and then internationally, an experience she describes as changing her perception of the world. Modelling, she tells me, also changed her relationship with her body and what she was putting into it, a relationship that she has spent the ensuing years working on. Rachel won Miss Universe in 2009, aged 20. At a time, she tells me she was still just going with the flow with very little idea of where her newfound profile might take her, nor who it would introduce her to. It was in the following year that she competed on Dancing with the Stars and met her now husband and business partner. The pair eventually ran a dance studio together and learnt the importance of playing every role within a business, including that of cleaner. During a time, Rachel tells me they were struggling to make ends meet. By around 2017, with Rachel having found a love for dance and harnessing her long-standing love of movement and her evolving understanding of wellness, she and her husband launched two businesses, Body by Finch and Bod by Finch, a digital wellness platform and activewear brand, respectively. It was from here that the groundwork for Kissed Earth was laid. Prompted by feedback from the Body by Finch community, Kissed Earth was launched in 2019 following two years of fully self-funded product development. What began as a tight edit of health supplements has since grown into a brand encompassing products for both inner and outer beauty. In this conversation, Rachel shares her advice on turning personal partnerships into successful professional ones, what collagen can realistically do for the skin, and the realities of product development timelines and why it's worth waiting to get things right. There is obviously so much that I want to cover with you, but to start, I would love to go right back to the very beginning. So what is your earliest memory of beauty? My earliest memory of beauty is actually watching my mum get ready in the mornings. So I think it's common for a lot of girls and a lot of kids, but I remember being ready for school and then wandering into her bathroom and seeing her apply her mascara put her makeup on, struggle with eyeliner, like all of those things that we do now. I just remember watching her thinking, why is she even bothering? What, like, <laughs> what, why so much hairspray? Like every morning I just used to think to myself, isn't that so just time consuming? Um, but yeah, the earliest memory is watching mum pay so much attention to detail to her appearance and have so much pride and respect for herself and looking back now they're such beautiful memories you know she would go shopping for lipstick and it was a part of her routine and and a part of her makeup pardon the pun um but it was yeah it was beautiful to watch and I look back now and they're definitely some of my fondest memories 
I love that your response to that was, why is she, why is she wasting her time doing this? Whereas <laughs> when I was that age, I was looking at my mum doing that, being like, can I please do this as well? She, you know, you are four years old, so no, you cannot wear bronzer. Yeah, exactly. Same with Violet. She is obsessed with makeup really? and high heels. and dre- She is a girl's girl to the T. Like if I ever did see one, she loves everything about being made up putting on pretty dresses we say okay violet tennis lesson in 20 minutes we're leaving can you go upstairs and get changed she comes down in a, a tutu like a, a ballet tutu i'm like you can't play in it but it's it's light it's, it's i can i can run in it <laughs> she's so cute and you know <laughs> you gotta like find the balance there and it's beautiful to watch but I think she'll definitely um she'll definitely be more like you but I was very much into sport and I didn't I don't know I I, I don't know why I didn't even think about getting dressed up and 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 putting on lipstick I did occasionally when mum dressed me up but I was just so sport focused I grew up with brothers mm. so and I think just having that male influence but having a lifestyle at home and at school where I loved physical education at school, the learning capacity. And then after school, I did uh, athletics, cross country training, touch football training. So each day was something different from a sport perspective, which required sport attire, you know, Um, active wear, bummers, bike shorts, t-shirts. So that just became the norm for me. And it was so comfortable. I just couldn't understand why mum was, taking so long doing that (laughs) I did want to ask you about your childhood because I I knew you were very into your athletics but I didn't realize it was Mm. that many sports what did you think that you would be when you grew up it's interesting because I didn't think that I would sort of be anything but I was very heavily into sport as you say and my main sport was athletics Mm -hmm. and my favorite events were long jump and 200 meters and you know like I I did have a dream to one day compete at the Olympics it's not like I was like I am set on this path to compete at the Olympics but I just would imagine like imagine being able to compete at the Olympics and I was you know training for that and I, I was competing in competitions and doing um, things on the weekend and carnivals and mum would take me here and there. But um, yeah, it was very heavily sport focused. And I just remember always having that as, as the, the common weekend theme, you know, it was, it was always just oh, what games have you got this weekend? <laughs> well, things sort of changed when you were about 15 and you were approached by a scout and asked to enter a modeling competition at that age were you thinking so you won the competition did you think maybe I could do this as a career or was it more just like a fun challenge definitely more of a fun challenge I was standing there in the line when they were announcing the winner and they're like 35 and I was, we we're just looking for 35 to come out and the girl next to me is like that's you Rachel that's you and so I was like oh I was it was just so bizarre you know it was the first introduction to getting high heels and putting on a dress and matching it together and it was it was awesome I loved it it was a great change and it was exciting it was new it was fresh and that was a competition that gave me a contract with an agency in Brisbane so 
I definitely didn't go, oh, I can make this a career. It was just one thing happened after the next. I'm, I went to Brisbane for a short period of time because my brother happened to be living there, so it was mm-hmm. convenient. And so I lived there for maybe six to eight months, roomed with him, went to castings, built my book, and then sit, my, my Brisbane agency said, oh, Singapore wants to have you over for six months. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I haven't trained. I'm not doing sport anymore I'm kind of in this path I'll go to Singapore I've never been there before (laughs) I'm 17 so jump on a plane go to Singapore and then I went to New back to New Zealand for a year and then uh Germany wanted me and then I went to New York and then I went to London and then I just started traveling building my book working as a model and it being introduced to this whole new world of lifestyle and and making money and and living as a model and and when i say making money i say that very lightly i mean there wasn't much money that i was making but what i mean is i was learning how to start fending for myself and it was the introduction to independency and uh being my own person and becoming a woman i would love to hear more about that time because i've got friends in there 30s that have relocated overseas but to do that on your own at you know 17 18 I I can't even Mm. imagine how nerve-wracking that was you know what I didn't know any different Ah, naivety is a powerful thing it totally is I look back and I think I can't believe I did that you know Mm. the exact the exact opening to your question like it looking back it should have been incredibly nerve-wracking but I just looked and saw it as an incredible adventure, an opportunity, um, uh, ability to build my book and continue to progress in the industry and get more work, which then helped to strengthen your credentials as a model. And like, it was just awesome. And I would get off the plane. I remember the first time I, I got off the plane, I was searched. They, they, they thought I was carrying drugs. Oh, my God. I think it was, I think it was in... Um, was it Singapore or New Zealand? I can't remember which country, but I remember them walking down the line and they stopped at me and pulled me aside and went through all of my bags and flipped open all of my books. They're like, what are you here for? What are you here for? And I was oh like, I'm, I'm just working. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. Yeah. So little things like that, you look back and think, wow. Um, and there were definitely moments that... Um, you know, like I would walk home from photo shoots in the dark and um, I knew exactly where I was going. It was sort of like sunset, you know, I would just be walking home as a teenager or um, getting up early, starting on set before the sun rose. Um, Travelling, I would be navigating my way through foreign countries in streets that I couldn't even pronounce the names of, just looking in, looking in um, navigation manuals, trying to find streets in Germany and Hamburg. Like, oh my God. I don't even know those letters, but I'll just look at the shape and hopefully that, like, it was just, and lots of asking, lots of, excuse me, can you help me? I don't know. Can you please let me know? Or I would go to the agency an hour before my shoot and print out in English the exact steps on how to get to an exact location. So there were things, it, it, it just helped me grow up really quickly. And coming from Townsville, where it was such a beautiful, small community, everyone knows everyone. It was very sport-focused, as I said, and I had that close-knit community. I didn't know anything else. As soon as I started traveling, I just started going, wow, this is the world. This is, uh, these are people outside of my little bubble. These are, this is 
like real life, you know, I have to get up on time to make it to work. And then I'm tired after my work and, and I'm listening to different stories of people from all around the world. And I'm realizing how truly grateful we are to be in Australia mm. and to be, to be living in the best country in the world. Wow. God, mm. to, be, to experience all that so early on. So that's sort of 17 to 19, 20 years. 20, correct. Yeah. 2009, if research serves me, so age 20 is when you won Miss Universe Australia and then placed third runner-up in Miss Universe. I know a few bits and pieces about this time, but given that you came from a sports and an athletics background, how did modelling change your relationship with, I guess, wellness overall? Mm. Well, I think it started to mould the relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. So prior to playing sport as a child, I wasn't heavily focused on the way I look and uh, what I was putting in my body, which then altered what I looked like. It was just sport, win, lose, draw. Mm. (laughs) With modeling, I started to develop this awareness of the way I look determines the outcome of my work. Yeah. So, uh, everything I'm putting into my body food wise, everything I am exerting, which is workouts, training, physical activity, etc., is all having an impact to the way I look. Um, and if I book a job, it means I get paid. It means I get recognition. It means I get credibility in the industry and I, mo- I potentially can move forward and progress and do the, the dream jobs and keep progressing mm-hmm. in the industry. So it definitely started this strong uh, idea of I needed to look a certain way in order to book a job. So I put this on myself, this this uh, pressure that I feel like I needed to, to look this way in order to book those jobs. It was totally a personal thing. It was totally internalized. Um, and yeah, maybe if I wasn't in that industry, it would have, my life would have been completely different and I wouldn't have had those thoughts and I wouldn't have developed this passion and love and harmony now with finding a holistic uh, wellness routine. But yes, that was definitely the ignition in the modeling uh, jobs that I did of realizing that my body is a very important vehicle. Um, it can be altered or swayed very quickly and it drives the direction that I'm taking my life um, in, in such a, in such a big way. So yeah, it had a huge impact. I think as well. And I think this is true across really any industry. Obviously it's heightened with modeling and with having to look a certain way in Mm. order to keep booking jobs, but everything kind of changes for the better when you start doing things for your body for the way that it makes you feel as opposed to just purely for like the aesthetics of it all changes Mm. everything. It definitely does. But I didn't know that or realize that from a young age at all. How could you, as Mm. a teenager, we make mistakes every day of the week. We look back and go, why the hell did I wear my hair like that? What was that lipstick? What were those low cut jeans? Like, from a from a very superficial perspective but on a deeper level why was i thinking those thoughts why didn't i believe in myself why why was i treating myself so poorly why was i thrashing myself on the weekends mm. all of these things you don't know you just go to what feels good in that present moment 
Um, so there were a lot of lessons that I look back and, and learnt along the way, but it definitely transitioned from the aesthetic, this is how I look, this is what I need to look like, or what I thought I needed to look like, to later in life, it's more about how I feel. And I, I make decisions, conscious decisions every single day on what I eat, how I sleep, uh, how many times I meditate, my stress levels, uh, all of my intake, etc., is based on how I want to feel, not only now, but in 20, 30, 60 years down the track. I want quality of life, not, not um, I don't want to say quantity of life, because I do want quantity of life, but I want that quality of life versus short-term fixes mm. that won't, are not sustained. Yeah. So you returned to Australia with your new title, and that's when you're media career really kicked off at this point were you thinking about where this title and this new profile and these opportunities could take you in a long-term capacity or are you more of a go with the flow type operator i'm a go with the flow (laughs) seriously i was not thinking like that at all i i was very lucky to have two very influential men in my life that i met at that time one was my manager david molina who i still work with today so i've been with him the whole time and the second was my husband when we met on Mm. dancing with the stars like literally seven months after i came back from the miss universe competition and i was lucky that saying like i stand tall because i stand on the shoulder of giants almost like i feel like i have been blessed by being around some very amazing influential strong people particularly those two guys that have helped drive and that have believed in me you know Mm. and it's like my manager dave he wanted to sign me and wanted to work with me because i didn't see anything in me i was just a girl from townsville that was just like what is all these lights and why am i standing here next to jennifer hawkins at fashion week like and he 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 saw something in me and believed that there was something special there long term so i was great now i look back and i think wow and my husband you know like the amount of drive and passion and and uh, ability he has to create something from nothing is phenomenal. Um, Not speaking from our perspective, but something from nothing, meaning we've been able to build what we've loved in a a business sense. Um, And he's just, you know, we both started from scratch. he, his mum came here when she was 30, didn't speak a word of English, had to work wow. three jobs in order to put food on the table. I, a lot of people think, oh, I won Miss Universe and I was making millions. Like we both started from, from rock bottom. We were both living in a little two bedroom apartment in Rosebury and like sort of, you know, struggling to make ends meet. And we've both built what we've built together. And that has what, for me, that's been the most special part has been having the people in my life, particularly Dave and Misha, um, that have helped helped me grow as a person and um, helped me to achieve what I want to do from a passion perspective in business as well. Well, let's talk a bit about that business that you've built. So that was 2010 that you did Dancing with the Stars and obviously met your now husband, but you yeah. also really found a love of dance from that. We fast forward a few years, you turned that love of sport, that love of wellness and that love of dance and movement into your business, Body by Finch, as well as launching Bod by Finch, which I only learnt when I was researching this that that stands for Body of Dance. Yeah. So that's a fun little tie-in. Yeah. Of course, I want to talk about your beauty brands, but 
What were some lessons that you learned while you were launching and building those first two businesses that you find you're still applying to your work now? Oh my goodness. So many lessons. Um, It's like how long's a piece of string. Every lesson has been a lesson because everything was new from the start. I think the two biggest things I would have to say is one, you have to know your role and you have to know your strengths. And especially because Misha and I have worked as a team ever since we've met, you know, like since we met, we opened the dance school. He was teaching. I was cleaning windows, checking everyone in and changing bins. That was my strength because that's all I knew. (laughs) Um, And doing like bits and bobs on the side with channel seven, but it was like whatever work I could get just to, Mm. to, to, to make some money. And then um, after, after, after that, yeah, then we went, then we launched uh, our online fitness application. Mm. And as we've gone and, and woven through and created what we've done in, uh, in, a, in a business perspective, we've stayed true to understanding what I'm good at and what he's good at. And it's almost like we very rarely ever work on the same thing. Yes, we definitely discuss things and he might say, oh, what do you think about this? And I'll say, do you like the look of that? But we never cross over each other's paths enough to step into the other person's lane of what they're better at. For example, he drives everything to do with the business, the growth, the database, the creations of the products in terms of logistics and getting people together from a manufacturing perspective, like all of the nuts and bolts of the business. He is naturally just very gifted with that. And I just can't explain it like, he only needs six hours of sleep and he's go. Plus he's learning like crypto and all this other stuff along the way. And I'm oh just like, God. gee whiz, how do you keep it all in your brain? I am more of the creative in the relationship. I design and develop all of the, what the, what things are going to look like and the packaging and, and the wording and the messaging around the brand and how it's going to be, how it's going to look overall. Photo shoots, content days, all of that is my forte. I obviously have an Instagram account. So for me, um, I've been, I've started that in what, 2010, I think when Instagram first, like, something like that. And I think it's Who been knows? around for 10 years. I went years, back but... to my high school during the week and I was like, oh my God, you guys were born when we were all getting Instagram accounts for the first time. I can't keep up. Oh, I know. Isn't it just bizarre? Oh. So, you know, we stick to our strengths. And I think that's a huge um important thing to remember um, to make any partnership successful or anything in general uh, successful. If we don't know something, we reach out and find the best help that we can get for that. And I think the other lesson um, that's really stuck with me is nothing will ever come close to hard work. Like you just can't, you can't put a a price on hard, hard, consistent work. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not about being lucky or having the best idea or, um, you know, coming up with some revolution. It's just every day being consistent, putting in the steps, putting in the hard work. And there's going to be days that you feel like crap. There's going to be days where it all feels like it's falling apart. But I feel like for us, we've been a really good team at helping support and motivate each other for one to pick the other one up on those days and, and continue as a team to push through to say, we can do this. We've just got to keep moving. Yeah. And then it's like, when we get to those high moments, it's so much more worth it because there's so much beauty in working through the challenging times together. 
It was in 2019 that you launched Kissed Earth, which began as a line of supplements. What led you to that launch? What was the gap in the market that you wanted to fill? It's interesting because there was never a gap that we wanted to fill. It was never, um, we're going to launch a wellness brand. Oh my God, it's going to be this, that, the other. We want it to be the best in the world. We want to be the number one, blah, blah. We had the fitness application. We had our girls in our app, which was the thing we did after we had the dance school in Sydney. And we had an amazing, we still do, an amazing group of women who were asking us questions. What protein should we use? What is collagen? That was the start of the collagen revolution. Mm. And what supplement should we be taking? That led us to dive into an inquest and get professionals on board or ask professionals, food scientists, naturopaths, um, nutritionists, and find the answers for the girls. This business was built on a simple quest of wanting answers. And so we got all these answers and we found all this information and that's when we saw this uh i guess this disappointment with lack of transparency with what was on the market and synthetics and additives and all these extra ingredients that were put into product to bulk it up or things that were there but they weren't actually uh labeled correctly and they didn't actually do what they say they were going to do so that's when we thought you know what let's develop four or five products just for our girls see how it goes um we launched the products for the girls first two pre-sales so we launched the launched the first pre-sale in a couple of hours that got sold out the second pre-sale in two days we're like calling the warehouse which is new for us we're like do you want to call that guy again from (laughs) and Mish is like yeah yeah and then uh got some more stock in a few weeks later and it just took off and then before we not knew it we had a call from Maya asking us to stock the products in store and that's when we kind of looked at each other and thought wow, maybe we should actually concentrate on this and and turn it into, like, make it something. And so it never got built from we are, you know, we want to make the best product or we want to have, you know, build this brand that is X, Y, Z. It was literally just a pure accident, I guess, of um, asking questions, finding finding the right people, developing products, um, and then an on-flow of... um, momentum and success with people just loving the the potency and the, the the quality of the ingredients and we've always kind of never compromised on I feel like in this industry so much it's a it's a race to the bottom with cost mm-hmm. and it's like the big brands they always want to because we it's funny we all work with this a lot of us work with the same manufacturing facilities and the same companies that make the products so yep behind closed doors you're in the same hands as the people that are making the best and the biggest brands around the globe so you're going oh okay so for example our chemist that does all of our creams they're like would you like to pay what uh revlon pay or would you like to pay what estee lauder pay like well what do they pay And and he told us and we're like uh-oh. But then, but the cream's like this much. Yeah, but you've got marketing, shipping, um, packaging costs, send out, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, but still, like, it's a huge profit. What can you do with X amount? And he's, uh, they've never worked with such quality products before. Like, they called us in specifically to his lab and he's like, look at this oil. I've never seen macadamia oil this green before. Like, look at it. Like, they're excited about being able to work with, like really high potency quality ingredients because 
it's it I feel like it's always a race to the bottom and just just put in whatever you know cheap ingredients that aren't actually active and don't really have that high um, potency and that high level of um, ability to work and so yeah we've I think this is why we've got such a high customer retention rate and this is why people do come back because you know, they, they take the collagen for three to four weeks, they see the difference or they feel the difference. They see that layer of um, those, those cold pressed oils on the top of the cream. And it's like, it's abnormal because most creams aren't meant to have that, mm. that layer and that they usually don't get sold and don't get, um, they, they, they get pulled off the shelf because they have that. But for us, this is a natural type of cream and it naturally does that. So, and because it is so potent, we, we keep it there and um, all of our products are like that. So we're really proud of that. And I think that's been instrumental in our growth. Well, I was going to ask what makes your brand difference, but I, I guess that's what it is, taking the guesswork out of it. They don't have to sit at home going, what's this actually doing? Because they can see it. I think so. I think the fact that we we didn't start from we want to be the best. It was just a pure, authentic um, evolution of of products and utilizing the best ingredients and finding them until and not launching a product until we find them and and actually have that correct formula there you know it's like we've wanted to launch another product now for so long but we won't because we're still waiting on a couple of ingredients that we want to include in there and we're just really struggling to to make it happen yeah we could use uh, a lesser a cheaper version and just fill it up with something else but we really want to make this specific to something, and so we're waiting for it. And I think that um, I think that speaks volume, it, particularly when your dog, your child, you see the result in your body, in your energy, in your stress levels, and in your overall well-being. So, how did you go about physically getting the brand off the ground? How long did the process take from having the idea? through to the launch how did you decide what to launch with how did you go about finding a manufacturer did you seek out investors was it self-backed there are so many steps that lead up Mm. to getting something off the ground yeah it's crazy it's like people think oh we'll we'll have an idea and then it'll it'll come to fruition well obviously it started with those questions and going back and forth I guess if you want to say um, the, the ignition of the brand was really even though we didn't know it was at that time of the inquest of just providing answers for our girls, six months went down the track, another six months of, okay, let's start developing this. Another six months of, you know, how the products probably I'd say two years in total Mm -hmm. of product development and finding the right people and putting everything together, formulas, um, you know, finding the right team, packaging, where we're going to store it, how we're going to ship it, uh, all of these things, two years, and we've been launched for about just under three years now. So, yeah, add an extra couple of years on to the whole process in general. Um, we've, we've been 100% self-backed the whole time. We've never taken a cent from anyone. That's been important to us. Um, so we feel like, you know, we want to keep it that way. Um, and it's literally been call after call after call after call after meeting after meeting finding the right people you know it's like you meet with someone you think this person is going to make our product or this person is going to help ship our product or this person is going to do all of our logos and it's so much time and effort and commitment to 
finding that team around you that you believe in and that believe in your product as well. I think that's really been key. It goes back to those first lessons. It's like the people around us are so influential um, and that's been really true for Kissed Earth as well. And everyone that works for us under our umbrella has also got a love and a passion for Kissed Earth. They also have their own families. They also have a desire to want to have that quality of life long term. And they know this isn't, they, they know these aren't products for short term quick fixes. These are products that you're including into your everyday life for long term to sustain your body and, and have that, that vitality long term. The range now encompasses not just supplements, but protein bars, topical skincare, which we've touched on. There's products for children. There's supplements for pets. How does the product development process work for you? Are you constantly thinking about what might come next or are you working off what consumers are asking for or is it a little bit of both? To be honest, it is a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, every like the, the products that we started with and then launched you know, the next six to 12 months after that, we're all products that we use in our everyday life that we felt we could do better. And so that's purely what, that, that was the, the essence behind those products. And it definitely drives, it was the essence behind their skincare as well. I've used collagen skincare, whew, like my whole modeling career. And I've always loved that thick, plump, creamy texture of collagen skincare and how it makes my skin, how it made my skin feel. And so we wanted to do our own after we launched a collagen brand and we're like, perfect. Um, so it's been a combination, but as our database and our customers and our community has grown, they've gave us feedback along the way. And we love listening to everything they have to say, whether it's to do with scoops or packaging, or can you make a product that would do this? Or uh, what about our pets? Like they're just as part of the family as what we are. So we've definitely um, taken both aspects, what we love to create and what we use in our everyday life and uh, what our community and what our customers want. Let's spend a bit of time on that topical skincare because anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I am obsessed with it. (laughs) Collagen is, honestly, there's the textures. Oh, my God. Isn't it nice? Yeah, I love what you were saying about you open it and it is kind of, in layers because you don't see that and then you put it on the skin Mm. and it's rich and it's creamy and it's that way for a reason collagen is of course at the core of the kissed earth range in as much or as little detail as you wish what does collagen do for the skin and is there a difference in what it can do for us when we ingest it as opposed to applying it topically through Mm. our skincare yeah it's a good question so collagen is i've spoken about this a lot on my insta is the most abundant protein in the body. Um, It's responsible for all of the connective tissue. Think of it as like the glue that holds everything together. So about 30% of our body is made up of protein. And of that protein, 90% is collagen. So a huge part of our body is a source of collagen. Uh, 70%, I think, or 70 or just over percent of the skin's weight is collagen, is made up of collagen. So that's huge. It is found everywhere. Bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, skin, hair, nails, the digestive tract, blood vessels, like everywhere. So it's really important to help maintain that integrity of the body 
uh, in skin, we're talking elasticity, we're talking tone, texture, the thickness, the plumpness. It's like when we look at a child, they have an abundance of collagen constantly being replenished. And that's why we look at them and go, oh, my God, so like that youthful glow, because as we age, that uh, natural production of collagen um, slows down or stops completely. So that's why they say 25 to 30, around that age when we start aging, is when uh, the consumption of collagen supplementation is recommended. So the body has the ability to uptake those collagen proteins, synthesize it and help produce it um, more rapidly in our body uh, with the help of the supplement. So you can see that it's, it plays such a vital role. And I think a lot of ladies that come to us for collagen come to us firstly for the hair, skin and nail benefits. And three to four to five weeks, they'll see we've had ladies and girls with alopecia and bald patches on their head um, completely grow back their hair within wow. eight to 10 weeks. We see women um, who, say, who said I've had brittle, brittle nails my entire life, flaky nails, I've never been able to grow them. I have weak, uh, frazzled hair that constantly snaps. My skin is breaking out. My skin is not healing. Um, that have completely transformed all of these things with the consistent use. Visually, we can see those things. But then long term, we see our older, particularly our older um, community and customers, seeing the benefits in their joint health, in their bones, in their ability to get up and go for their morning walk or have that mobility again. And it's funny because we get customers that have been on it for a long time, then they stop and then email us two to three weeks later and go, I'm sorry, I stopped. Now I know why. <laughs> because it's that consistency that, that you don't realize how good it is for you until you stop, until it stops. Um, internally and topically, both have benefits. So obviously when you ingest collagen, there's going to be all those beautiful benefits of rebuilding the connective tissue from underneath the body. That's why our tagline on all our thing is beauty from within because you are, well, from a hair, skin and nails perspective anyway, because you're helping to strengthen that dermal layer of the skin and keep it plump and strong and uh, keep that elasticity and keep that youthful-like appearance. Um, so internal and external uh, is also very important. Now, there's a lot of debate uh, around does collagen actually work topically? I just read through prior to this some awesome studies and some awesome research that we actually have on file of some great studies that they've done on women, on participants that show the effectiveness of topical application of collagen in helping to reduce fine lines and wrinkles, keeping the skin firm, plump and boosting the hydration. But not only that, also acting as an antioxidant for the skin. Mm. So there are not just the benefits of um, uh, getting in, getting into the epidermal layer or sitting on the epidermal layer, which is the top, top layer of the skin and having those uh, plumping and smoothing benefits, but also it is acting as an antioxidant. So it's going to help to protect your skin from any environmental stress or any stresses that come along your way. So it, it is kind of, you kind of need both in a way. Um, but of course, collagen just doesn't make up our skincare. We've got an abundance of actives, botanicals, vitamins, minerals. We've got hyaluronic acid. We've got copper peptides. We've got squalene. We've got um, lanolin. We've got so many different vitamins, you know, that are, that are so nourishing. And we never put anything in the products that are not actively doing a job. 
you know, so it's not like yeah. we just added, um, you know, a vitamin C, for example, even though vitamin C is good, but just giving that as an example, we're not going to pump up the vitamin C content because it's cheap just so the product is full and yeah. everything everything feels good in the product. We will choose in active, uh, we will choose ingredients specifically because they are playing a purpose and because this is the desired outcome we want for the product. So this is why it takes so long back and forth in product development when we're talking to all of our beauty experts and herbalists and naturopaths and chemists and the teams that we're working with these on, it's not right. It's not, it's mm. got too much slip. It doesn't soak into the skin. It doesn't have that, for example, the awakened day cream, we wanted a matte finish because we didn't want it to be oily before you put on your makeup. The night cream is a lot richer, a lot more decadent because it's supporting your skin while you sleep. Um, so there, there were definitely uh, characteristics that we wanted and needed and uh, it just takes ages to get there. I, I get it as well because, I mean, having spoken to a number of founders, on the manufacturer side, they are so used to having to put in X, Y, and Z to fill it out or plump it up or whatever it is that they want to do. So it must be a different experience for them having you guys come in and be like, oh, no, 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 we won't be doing that. <laughs> exactly. And this is that's what we were saying before, a race to the bottom of cost. Mm. It's how much profit and, and gap can they get from every product and they don't care, you know, what it will take or what it's actually doing for the person buying it. They just, they just, they're hoping that the, the consumer will look at the brand name and buy it because of the brand name and just believe it, it is working for them. But when you're actually creating it from scratch and choosing a complete different set of unique ingredients for specific purposes that really a lot of these chemists and a lot of these, uh, skin experts have never actually worked within a lab perspective before because they're just not readily accessible yeah. and they are too expensive. It's, it's a totally different outcome, you know? So it's really exciting. Um, yeah. To be a part of that. And as I said, like, we're just really grateful for our team. Like it take, it took so long to find the people that we wanted to, to make our products and, and we love them like our own family. Not necessarily beauty related, but I did want to touch on social media it has mm. come up earlier. When you won Miss Universe Australia, Instagram didn't even exist. And now you have something like 300,000 followers. It's, of course, a really powerful marketing tool and it's a good way to stay in touch with consumers and your community. How would you describe your relationship with Instagram? I feel like everyone's got opinions on things. Do you think mm. it's a blessing or a curse? I think... Over the years, I've had to learn how to find harmony and balance with it. Yep. It definitely wasn't a good relationship from the start. Like, it is addictive. It is um, timely. It, it takes us away from being present and living our actual life. And, and not good for anything. Our sleep, our eyes, our brain health. Like, it's, it's, it's bad being, not, not saying Instagram. Well, yeah. Instagram too, if you're thinking about comparison and, you know, why is my, why am I on that beach and why can't I look like that or et cetera, et cetera. But also the screen time itself and being in front of like blue artificial light for so long. So I've definitely over the years had to teach myself what balance is, what that looks like for my lifestyle. And, and I feel like I'm in a really good place with that now. Like some days 
I'll just go completely black. There'll be silence. And I won't come on for two days because I'm like, I'm just living. Like I'm a bit with my kids. We're on holidays or I'm on the beach or we're working hard at something. And we're just, I'm just too busy to be on and I just don't have the energy for it. And then there are weeks and days where I'm every day, all day. So it is sporadic. It's different. It's like the way I eat and train. I totally listen to my body. I do not set schedules and routines. And yes, I have things that work for me. And I feel like I'm, I feel better when I have that structure, but I'm not strict with that. And I'm very flexible. So on some days, go for it. I'm in the camera on stories all day long. Some days I'm like, I'm just my introvert self today. And I don't feel like talking to anyone. And it doesn't bother me. I don't get caught up on, oh, but we market on Instagram and I've got to be there and I've got to post. No, I think people now respect that we should have that balance. It is healthy and it is setting a good example that if you're tired or you feel a little bit run down, switch your technology off or reschedule the appointment or reschedule the meeting, you know? So I think, um, yeah, I think I found a really good harmony with it and uh, it might change. I might go next year. I might go too far or too little. And it's, I'm just constantly like, how do I feel this week? How do I feel this month? Um, and always trying my best to tune in. You have been a part of the beauty industry for quite some time now and have sat at the helm of Kissed Earth since 2019. Over the last couple of years, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry? Mm, I think some of the biggest changes would definitely be uh, people's desire to want to make the switch to natural, um, natural products and to know what's in their products, which I feel like is, oh, it's awesome. It's so good that people are inquisitive. They're savvy. They're inquiring. They're asking questions. Um, and they're wanting to know what this word or that word means or why is there a, a, a letter number combination printed on the back of a packet of something that should ring alarm bells. Um, so I think that inquiry into natural-based products has been amazing. I think there's definitely been a shift to a holistic beauty rate routine. So it's not just this one cream will make will solve all my problems. They're understanding that it's coming from good sleep, lowering your stress, moving your body in some way, having good relationships, drinking plenty of filtered water, eating clean, finding balance, whatever that means for you, dedicating self-care. And that actually has this amazing flow on effect to the way you look. So it is not just beauty related, you know, So that's also what I'm loving. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably like from, from my perspective, the way I look at it um, from a health perspective is, is the biggest shifts has been the desire for people to want to have better quality products and then becoming more savvy. What changes do you think that we can expect to see from the beauty industry over the next few years? Hmm. I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of inquest into misleading products. Yes. So, you know, you, you pick up a cream, for example, and it will say that this will change your life or you'll pick up a, a packet of something and it says something that you just like, are you kidding me? I hope that there is an inquest into 
tracking these down and actually trying to manage it in a much better way. I mean, I know there's a lot of products on the market and I, lo- I know that the space is very crowded in all industries, to be honest, but people shouldn't be misled and people should have the honest truth. They should have transparent labels and all the ability to find the information very quickly if they needed or some sort of email that connects them with an actual person that can help give them the answers, which we feel is incredibly important. Um, so I think that is something that I hope um, maybe transforms and transcends over the next few years, um, just so people are able to shop better and have a more educated decision when they're picking products. My final question, what is next for Kissed Earth? <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> Well, at the moment, my dog's waiting to be fed. That is my my priority. Um, Oh, to be honest, like our kids, Violet's eight, Dom's five. They're at such a beautiful age where, you know, they're playing tennis and they're doing piano and sports and school for them. We're kind of like really busy from a family perspective and I don't want to miss that time. I don't want to put any added pressure or stress into our lives that make us miss any of those actually really important things. So yes, we'd love to, like we'd love to see the brand grow internationally and and move to America and and launch the the, uh, Kissed Earth over there. And I'd love to open Kissed Earth cafes one day. That's my dream because I love smoothies and hot chocolates and coffees and adding all our products in there. Um, But at the same time, I just want things to stay the way they are in terms of the flow and the rhythm of our life and us as a family unit. So, um, yeah, like a part of me wakes up and goes, oh, let's go for this and do this and oh, how amazing. But a part of me is like, this is just heaven. I call it beautiful chaos. Like it's chaotic mm. and there's things moving everywhere, but it's so beautiful at the same time. And I just, I love that. And I think it's really important to always remember what the most important things are in life. Honour that because it goes so damn fast and before we know it, we'll blink and it's all gone. That was Rachel Finch, founder of Kissed Earth, who you can find on Instagram at Rachel underscore Finch and at Kissed Earth. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at Watts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.